There is also a lot of research to say that men start doing less inside of the house when kids enter into a couplehood. So they just have this self-protective mechanism inside of them that when they're overwhelmed, they're like, I'm just not going to clean the kitchen or do whatever they used to do because they do feel overwhelmed and they actually listen to their body and themselves. Whereas women just kind of go on overdrive. So then they're trying to pick up for what their um, partner is not doing anymore. Or they're like, I absolutely can't go to bed if the counter isn't clean. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. The topic we have today has been a very requested topic, and it's the perfect one to live here on herself. As we navigate through life, there are just seasons when it's extremely hard to find time for ourselves. One of the specific questions that we receive is, how do you keep promises to yourself? I love this subject for a lot of reasons, but for one, I know that Abby and I have very different takes on this, so we'll be able to serve a lot of different people. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I think that you have to figure out what you really value in life and then live accordingly. In my opinion, you should be able to look at my life and see what I value from what I'm spending my time on. So for me, you guys know know me by now, I like to move my body on most days. I have backed up my bedtime to 10 p.m. now, so that's breaking. (laughs) Late night, owl over there. 10 p.m. And I also need some alone time. I like to be alone at times. That's very replenishing for me. These pillars represent promises to myself. They are daily affirmations that I matter and I am worthy of being taken care of. Abby and I were previewing one of our past guests, Vanessa Marin's information for one of our upcoming projects. She is a sex therapist and relationship expert. She did a whole chunk of her presentation on self-care and how it can improve body confidence because Body confidence is one of the biggest killers of libido or sex drive, as some call it. And the other biggest reason is stress. So all of these things are just so interconnected. This is why this conversation is important. A lot of times, I don't think that people see how so intertwined everything in their life is. If we stop following through on commitments or promises to ourselves, that means that other areas in our life are impacted. What is really ironic to me is that what people are doing is they're sacrificing themselves so that they can be a more a mom that never leaves their child or a wife that is able to make dinner, be with their husband, whatever. And I'm like, you guys, 
if you take time to yourself, it's not selfish because then you're bringing back a better version inside of your parenthood. For me, if I'm working out, I am the most patient mom that I can be. I think about this so much, Amy, when I was traveling. So with COVID right now and also just being on maternity leave, you'll hear them piping in every once in a while, guys. That's that's Owen. I would have really, really long days. So instead of being gone for a three-day work trip, I'd be like, ooh, if I can do a two-day work trip and just wake up at 4 a.m. and end my day at like 10, 10.30 p.m., I'll be able to get so much more done. And then I'll be able to get home and be there for my husband, be there for my kids. But what ended up happening was I would eat super poorly the entire time because I was trying to get energy from fast food. I wouldn't work out in the morning. Instead, I would get through emails, get extra work done, maybe have a breakfast meeting instead. I wouldn't even drink water sometimes, Amy. And I'm like a water person. You and I are both like water people, but I wouldn't drink water so that I could just keep on driving straight through. Instead of Did you also stop. wear a Depends so you could just pee in your pants? <laughs> you <laughs> like, have my secret. Look at this. <laughs> I'm like, Abby, this is not working for me. I've What you're describing here is really chaotic. And it wouldn't help. It's like all these things I was doing in order to be a better mom, a better wife, to get home faster. But it wouldn't help because I'd come home and I'd be so freaking tired. I would be at the end of my rope. I would just not be able to be (laughs) the type of person I wanted to show up as because I was so tired. So it just ended up backlashing on me completely. And I remember that phase in your life for those of you that have been listening I've been following Abby on Instagram way before all of you guys have (laughs) back to these days. And I could always see it in her eyes. I'm like, Ab, I didn't say anything, obviously, because that's rude. But in my mind, I was like, this girl looks like she is really wearing herself too thin. Um, So it starts to show and it catches up with you. It's just not a pace that you can usually have for a long time. So you guys, this sounds simple, but when you're at a crossroads and you're wrestling with whether or not to make a choice to take care of yourselves, I understand why it is hard. We're so, we live in a society where most of us are so crunched for time. And so you're thinking, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do whatever. And for me, once I changed my definition of said workout or activity, it really has changed my life. So tangible example, I when I get on my Peloton that I love, I do a 20 or 30 minute ride and I'm like proud of myself. Like Amy, this is the season that this is enough for you. Enjoy this move joyfully, sweat, be happy in it. It doesn't for me have to be 45 minutes anymore to be counted as a good enough workout. Or say I'm really in a pinch. Um, I'll I'll tell myself, Amy, a 15 minute walk before you get the boys is just going to be the perfect reset. So instead of maybe spending the time on my phone or something like that, I'm like, I still know that this movement will be rejuvenating for you. So why don't you head out? (laughs) Like, don't even think about it. Head out. And that's really worked well for me. It's all those little 15 minute increments, Amy, like you brought it up perfectly where it it is just easy just to grab your phone and be like, well, I can either go for a walk or I can just fool around here on my phone. And then all of a sudden, 15, 20, 30 minutes goes by and you could have been doing something that would have really fueled you instead of just sitting and being on your phone. 
when this really gets challenging for people, for me as well, is when you're going through a really challenging season. So we're all going to go through things that are unexpected or really stressful. I think all of us did it together at the beginning of the year when COVID was really spiking and it everything seemed scary. Everything seemed really dim. A lot of people then went away from some of their good coping mechanisms. So as Kara Lowenthal in her episode, she said it so well, I'm not sitting here saying working out is the only coping mechanism that counts. For you guys, it might be meditation. It might be sitting in nature. I don't know what it is. But all I'm saying is when you have these really stressful times, a lot of us skimp on the things that really help us. And that's when I'm like, absolutely not. I am not going to miss this Peloton ride because I know that I feel really stressed and anxious right now. And this is a coping mechanism that I know helps me. So when you're when you're struggling, when you're in a really tough season, remember what helps you and do those things still even though it's hard, even though you have less time. Especially because you have less time and especially because it's hard. One thing that the experts have been referring to is something called the stalled revolution. So the stalled revolution is that women are doing the same amount of family work while they're also doing other forms of work. Maybe it's working outside the home. Maybe it's just added responsibility. While men, while male partners their workloads have actually stayed the exact same. And this is decades and decades, generations and generations. Women are also more tasked with the work that has a hard deadline. For instance, dropping the kids off at daycare by a certain time or making a doctor appointment and having it be at a very specific time where men, they have more of the anytime tasks. So think mowing the lawn or it doesn't have to be done by 5 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Because of this, sometimes that family stuff, it might actually cut into the personal time. It might actually have that personal time be shorter. Like that afternoon workout, for instance, maybe it does have to end by 5 p.m. so you can get to the kids before daycare pickup happens. Where men, they could get that workout in, read that book, do their personal thing, oh, and still mow the lawn afterwards because there's not that hard deadline. So it's difficult because just in our normal roles and in our normal gender roles, that deadline makes it more difficult to get our personal time in. There is also a lot of research to say that men start doing less inside of the house when kids enter into a couplehood. So they just have this self-protective mechanism inside of them that when they're overwhelmed, they're like, I'm just not going to clean the kitchen or do whatever they used to do because they do feel overwhelmed and they actually listen to their body and themselves, whereas women just kind of go on overdrive. So then they're trying to pick up for what their um, partner is not doing anymore, or they're like, I absolutely can't go to bed if the counter isn't clean. Um, That's typical, not for everyone, but those gender roles that have really been entrenched into our society show up in a lot of different ways. And I think for women, they're like pulling their hair out and they're like, why do I feel so overwhelmed? And my husband is fine. That's why there's like a lot of reasons actually that that happens, including things we've talked about like invisible load as well. 
recently, I read a book. It's called How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. I really enjoyed it. I'm trying to spread the word about it. I'm trying to make a connection with the author and have her on the podcast. So we'll see if that goes my way. But she did a really great job of painting the picture of how little time women take for themselves after they have kids. To be clear, there is a lot of research to demonstrate that men are much better at continuing the leisurely activities that they enjoyed before kids. They might still hunt or golf or play basketball or do everything (laughs) that they used to do. Like they are really good at continuing to be themselves. For a lot of women, we go through this really big identity shift. We then have to work through mom guilt. There's so many things. Or, you know, if you're a working mom, you're very, you're pulled in so many different directions trying to be good at all of the roles that you're in. Um, But the bottom line is that you have to have some semblance of your pre-baby life too. That is the way that people feel the best is if they feel some connection to the person that they were before you were a mom because you are still that person. So how is she getting served I think that women should be able to answer, how did you serve yourself this week? Like if you stare back blankly, you don't have one thing you can think of that you did that you enjoy outside of your roles. That's where I would start to give that gentle push of like, this isn't going to be sustainable. This is going to be something that you're probably going to feel resentful about. And some of this goes back to the maternal gatekeeping, where we're putting this on ourselves, where we're taking on too many of the tasks, we're stepping in too many times, we're not letting our partners help out. And that is on us. Like that part is on us that we do have to ask, request, and let others around us support us. Yeah, they said that in the beginning, um, right when you bring your new baby home, it's so important to have the dad be able to soothe the baby, to take the baby, like you can't jump in, um, be very careful with your criticism of how he is parenting. If it doesn't need to be said, don't say it. Who cares if he puts the onesie on under the diaper, whatever Colin does. That's really weird. It, you know, like in the 80s, when people have like the exercise workout outfits where their leotards are over their spandex, that's how Colin, that's how Colin does it. So we just, uh, yeah, yeah. How oh, yeah, looks yeah. So once in a while. Onesie over pants. <laughs> onesie over the Not pants. under diaper. No. That would be, <laughs> that, that would, I would have new. to step in there. I would have to step. But in. just to say that you've got, if you have a partner, you have got to let your partner play inside of the game of parenthood, because otherwise you're going to have the whole team on your back. And that's not going to help you keep these promises to yourself. Um, She also, the author, dedicated an entire chapter to weekend planning. It really spoke to me. It really spoke to how I want things to go in the future. I found it so insightful. A lot of us are just endlessly running around and the weekends are actually pretty stressful. Like they're very, very full. There's no rest on the weekend. It's kind of a meme. I've seen it all over the place. Like parents don't have weekends. Um the modern female has really lost her ability to rest and reset. 
but there was an expert in the book and she recommended breaking your weekends up into distinct times. So it would go Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, so on. And she said that allowing for two of those chunks to be dedicated to getting things done around the house or errands like grocery shopping is all you should do. So two of those chunks can be for you know, the house stuff, things that need to happen to have the household run efficiently. She also said two should literally be for rest. And then with the remaining couple, she said the family, if your kids are old enough, sit down and be like, okay, what does Colin want to do this weekend? What does Abby want to do? What does Lucy want to do? What does Micah want to do? Owen, you're going to be in tow for a while here. But then making sure that it's not always dedicated to serving your kids every need or what they want to do. Like sometimes it's okay to say, okay, for this Saturday morning chunk, Drew is going to go golfing and mom is going to take the kids to the park, whatever it is, so that you guys all feel like you're getting something. So, okay, Saturday night is Abby is going to go in the basement by herself and have a couple glasses of wine and watch whatever she wants to watch. Like that would be a real example or like Abby's going to use Sunday morning. She's going to sleep in. Colin's in charge of the kids. It's got to be that the woman is involved in getting to do things that she wants to do because a lot of times in our society, women just don't. They're not thought of. Like it's all about the husband, the partner, and the children. And it's not at all about her. And they were saying the happiest families, everybody matters. Like everybody in that family matters. And the point that they made right after this, and I think it's a sticking point for a lot of our listeners, is that takes the ability to be able to say no. You have to learn how to say no because there are going to be, you know, Abby and I, our kids are pretty little, but there's going to be so many birthday parties and sporting events and you could easily fill your weekends up with activities. But she emphasized that you have to protect not only your own energy, but the energy of the family. So if you guys are endlessly running around, That's a really stressful pace to be at for everyone involved. So she said, when you're saying no, you don't want to lie and you do not need to give a reason. So it would be as simple as saying, thank you so much for the invite. It sounds like a lovely time. I'm not going to be able to attend. Before we get into this no topic we want to remind you that we are sponsored by BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is an online counseling service. It's right from your phone, super easy, very, very convenient. You can talk about a plethora of subjects. So everything from couples therapy to anxiety to depression to just working on the things that we're talking about every single episode on herself. They have new professionals in every single state popping up. Over a million people are using this service and you can get 10% off by using our special code, which is www.betterhelp, that's H-E-L-P, dot com backslash herself. And again, that's 10% off your first month. 
All right, back to the episode. So where were we? We were talking about the ability to say no and not have to explain yourself and just be at peace with the idea that if we're always living a life to make other people happy or to say yes to everything that people want us to do, we're probably not leaving enough time for ourselves. So I thought it was the perfect time to actually ask you, I know we've talked about this in the past, how are you doing with your ability to be able to say no as a woman that does identify as a people pleaser? So am I better? Absolutely, yes. Am I excelling in this category? I'm going to say no. This newborn stage, we have just been getting a ton of offers. So people coming over to mow our lawn or to drop off food or to hold the baby or to fill in the blank. There's just a lot of offers right now. And mostly it's great. It's well-intentioned. And mostly it's very, very short periods of time. So we are saying no quite a bit more, but because there are just so many offers, I still feel like we're saying yes quite a bit. Like our days still feel overwhelming once in a while. I've noticed a few times where if I'll book like an appointment in the morning, for instance, for Owen, because he does have a lot more doctor appointments right now, and then have a friend come visit in the afternoon, that's too much. So kind of like what you're mentioning before, Amy, in the book, having those different blocks of time, if both of mine are blocked with things that aren't just for me or staring at this sweet newborn it can feel overwhelming. One thing that I have completely surrendered to, however, is anything house related. So (laughs) our house is going to be messy. If you come over, I am not taking time to clean before you come over. It's no food's going to be made. Colin can maybe make coffee for you. That's about as good as we're going to get. So I have been able to be like, okay, I'm not going to be like the perfect housekeeper on top of having guests over. Yeah, that is, um, they talked about that in the book, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids is that females often do just have that um, they want people to perceive them in a certain way. And so having people come over to a messy house can be a really hard thing to get over. I let go of that one like three years ago. I'm like, listen, if we're going to be friends, I need you to be able to see me at my best and at my worst because I can't perform for you. That's just not going to be able to happen. Um. Abby and I were talking about how this could apply to you guys in different settings. So I, not even a year ago, I was still at my nursing job working three days a week there. And one of the things that I did to help myself is when I had my lunch break, I would not eat in the break room. So all the other nurses, or pretty much all the other nurses ate in the break room. They talked the whole time that was their lunch break. For me, I would go eat at a di- in a different part of the hospital because I just needed some time to myself to recharge. I was, you know, in the morning I had to be a mom and then I was a nurse and a coworker and it was a very intense setting. I needed that lunch break for myself. Often I would I would listen to something that I really enjoyed like a podcast. And it was just the perfect reset for me. I was an outlier. Everyone else ate together. But to me, I was like, I just know this is what I need and what feels really good. In that season also, I would often, if we would get done early, like sometimes our shift would end early because we had gotten all of our patients in. If I had an extra half hour or hour after my nursing shift, I would use it on myself. 
in my younger motherhood, when I just had Maxwell, I would run to daycare and pick him up early and just have more time with him. You know, I got to the point where I was like, I honestly need to take care of myself. Sometimes it would just mean I would go home and be in my house by myself for a while before having to go pick the boys up. Um, But sometimes there's just these windows of time where instead of serving someone else, you could have a thought of what could I do that would feel really good just for me. And that recharging is going to look different for every single person. So for you, it was sitting by yourself, listening to a podcast over lunch. For others, that recharge might be having lunch with friends and feeling really good, having that conversation, feeling off of work, feeling off of being a parent, feeling off of being a wife and just being a friend. In my situation, I like complete silence. Right now, I like complete and total silence, just sitting in nature, if we can get out and go and just hang out in nature, or just being around no noise, like nobody else talking, no music, just the sound of my own thoughts, which they're loud enough right now. That's recharging for me. So it's just it's it's going to look different, and it might look different in different seasons too. Well, and that's the thing too. And what I would coach women is just you have to push back on some of the obligation. So a lot of us feel very obligated to be people pleasers, to be well thought of, to be all of these things. And I just started questioning it a little bit. I was like, wait, am I doing this because I feel obligated or am I doing this because I really want to? Brene Brown talks about this so much of that like do, do, do for other people culture instead of doing for yourself first. And I love that thought of like, you can still do stuff, but as long as it's for you and helping you and recharging yourself, that's an okay way to be doing. And this is all to say, if you're just getting started with this, don't compare yourself to somebody who's been excelling excelling at this, like Amy has for years and years and years. Like I even look at you, Amy, and I'm like, I don't know if I will ever be able to be as good at doing something for me right from the start as you are. Like if I have an extra hour, I would probably think naturally to do a couple of things for the household first before myself. It would be like a conscious effort for me to actually have to think about doing something for me. I think it's, I think that's really interesting because I think it has a lot to do with our personalities. So, because I get a lot of pushback on this, believe me, people are like, I can't pass the mess. Um, So I think that's part of it. But I also think... I am like three years deep into like self-help books now. (laughs) And it's like the main message. There's like a couple main messages. um, But one of the overarching themes is like, if you are always putting yourself last, if you are not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to show up best as you, but then also in your roles. So, but I think that's a great point. If you're just getting started at anything. The first time I went to yoga, I didn't expect to be doing some crazy pose that these people that have been practicing for 10 years have done. That's not the nature of anything. So if you're like, this is a weak spot for me, don't sweat it. And also don't think that you're going to now schedule something every single day. Just say, what do I miss? Like, do I miss going to yoga and could I schedule that once a week? Or even start at once a month. I mean, really, honestly, just start at once a month if you haven't gone in years and years and years. But once you start going, 
I can almost guarantee that you're going to love it so much that you're going to want to do it more than just once. It's the momentum. You start, and a lot of times the hardest thing is starting because you're like, ugh, what studio? Where, how much does it cost? Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. Like there is resistance to start things that you have to push through. And then once you do these things, you're like, why did I wait so long? One thing for me, I have started therapy now as just another thing that I'm like, I really feel like I'm working through some things. I could use somebody's help with this. And before I'm like, who do you, does this insurance work with this? Where do I go? What do I do? What do I, it was like when I finally just did it, I was like, why did I wait so long? Like this is a really beneficial thing for me to implement into my life. So we all feel that resistance. We all have weak spots. If this is one of them, starting to get one step down the road is really going to feel nice. And that one step with therapy, with that yoga class is just to book it. Like if you are committing yourself to a time chunk on your calendar and just booking it, you're going to be less likely to not show up for yourself. Going for a walk, for instance, that's a little bit more difficult because you can kind of just go anytime. But if you book it into your schedule, if you're a scheduler, obviously, here I am talking from a type <laughs> yeah, personality. Yeah. If you put it in your calendar, if you actually book it, kind of like that therapy appointment that has to be during a certain time, you're much more likely to keep that promise to yourself. So we hope that this episode was insightful to you. We hope that you plug some of these tips in. We would absolutely love to see what the new element that you bring into your life is. So if you are going to go to a new class, do something for yourself, go to a walk, whatever it is, take a picture and take us on Instagram so that we can see you guys taking care of yourselves. 